This podcast is sponsored by Renewal by Anderson of Central Pennsylvania. If you need new windows or doors this March, you're in luck. Renewal by Anderson of Central PA is offering a 31-day sale, which involves $400 off every window and $800 off every door. And a free upgrade to smart sunglass. How about that? Call 717-727-7558 or drop by rbacentralpa.com slash deals for more information. Trout season is nearly here. To help get things going, I'm interviewing PenLife's outdoor expert, Marcus Schneck, on all things trout, fishing, and what makes it all so alluring. I'm Claudia DeMiro, and you're listening to a special interview episode of Today in PA. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm interviewing our outdoor expert, Marcus Schneck, and we're going to be talking all things trout season. How are you doing today, Marcus? I'm fine, Claudia. Thank you for having me here. How are you today? I'm doing also very fine. I kind of wish it was actual spring weather, but it seems like we're going to have to wait a couple weeks for that. But oh, well, could be worse. Okay, so actually, before we get into it, I know I said over emails that I know nothing about trout fishing, so this interview may be more along the lines of trout fishing for dummies. So if you want to just go ahead and maybe just explain the appeal of trout fishing or just, you know, your background with it, why you like to trout fish, that would be super helpful to start things off. Okay, well, the first day of trout season, which is Saturday, is one of the two biggest days on the outdoor calendar for hunters and anglers in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, There'll be in the neighborhood of a million people along streams and lakes across Pennsylvania on Saturday, which may now rank it above the first day of deer season when we have now less than a million people out for that season for hunting. Interesting. Why do you think there's a change? Because I know one of your recent articles for deer, or one that I read recently, there were less harvests last year compared to 2020. So I wonder what the the appeal is or the switch in favoritism is now with trout versus deer hunting. Participation in fishing has been on the rise for, for quite some time, while participation in hunting has been on the decline. It's probably had a function of a number of factors, one of them being uh, the urbanization of the population. Fewer people living uh, closer to the land in more rural areas uh, has naturally led to a less interest in hunting. And once interest in an outdoor sport starts to decline in a family, it's gener- generally perpetuated over the generations because there's a loss of someone to teach the next generation and to get the next generation interested in it. And fishing is still seen as something that even urbanites will head to the outdoors, the rural areas to take part in. Also, there's the fact that fishing is can be a catch and release sport, meaning you catch the fish and you put it back in the water right away. Mm. You just uh, remove the hook and put it right back into the water. That is has been on the rise for decades now in terms of the number of people doing catch and release. The Fish and Boat Commission with its stock trout program, which this year is putting 3.2 million trout, an average of 11 inches each, 
into streams and lakes across the state. But with that program, the Fish and Boat Commission has been promoting catch and release and reuse of the trout. They even go to the extent of uh, calculating the number of recatches in terms of angler trips and angler use that each trout can support. Interesting. Why would they promote more so catch and catch and release because of conservation efforts? Again, this is trout fishing for dummies. So if that was a silly question, feel free no, to let me know. It's not a silly question. With the species that are not being stocked, it's it's more conservation. But with stocked species, like the trout is for most anglers is primi- primarily a stock species. They will spend the morning on Saturday fishing for it. Okay. By the afternoon on Saturday, participation will be probably in the neighborhood of 25, 30% of what it was at 8 a.m. Hmm. There's still lots of trout out there, but participation falls off really quick. As you move into the through the season during later this spring and summer, even into fall, participation will be will be, will be way down. There's Hardcore anglers always fishing for trout, but participation, it peaks in the first few hours of the season and then falls off drastically. That's interesting to me because you figure that, especially as things get warmer, the participation would kind of increase over time. That makes sense. And the participation is usually spreading out onto other species. Okay. Like some of the most popular species in Pennsylvania are the smallmouth bass, which the Susquehanna River is and the Juniata River are well noted for. Mm. Panfish, catfish. There's a lot of other species that attract the attention in the warmer weather. Oh. Trout are primarily a cold water species, meaning there some of the streams that are stocked with them won't even have many of them left by summer. Oh. It's called put and take. Uh, while the Fish and Boat Commission wants to get as much reuse out of each fish it puts out there, it's, it's known that it's a sport that needs to be replenished with a fresh stock of trout every year. So that being said, since there are just so many other species that seem to be a little bit more convenient for even the casual fishers to go after, what's the appeal of trout over other species? Well, it's heritage for one. It's always been the first day of trout, you know, the big. And many years ago, it was much earlier in the morning you could start fishing, even at at daylight. Mm-hmm. The 8 a.m. came in as they quote unquote civilized the season, mm-hmm. and and that built the heritage of the season. It's been it's been the first day of trout for decades and decades and decades. Okay. Because it's been, it used to be two trout day openers, right? There was one that was more regional, and then there was one in, what, 18 counties? But then the pandemic kind of unified them, right? Right. Back in 2007, the Fish and Boat Commission decided because of climate change impacting some of the waters where trout were being stocked into, primarily in the south 18 counties in southeastern Pennsylvania, uh, they warmed up faster. Than, the, than streams in the rest of the state. So it was decided that to, to better utilize the fish that were going into those waters, uh, they would start the season earlier there and then, the, and then come in with a later start across the rest of the state. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of angler opposition to that when it was put into place. And 
with some anglers, the opposition never went away. And then the pandemic came along and the Fish and Boat Commission felt it needed to simplify and streamline to just one first day. And angler sentiment uh, was shown to be very much in favor of that once they had experienced it again. Why do you think that is? Well, a number of reasons. There was some sentiment, I never saw any statistics, numbers to back it up, but there was some sentiment that there were a lot of anglers who would go to both first days. Mm. So like anglers in the from outside the 18 southeastern counties were thought to be coming into those crowding into those 18 counties on the first day on the early season and then vice versa for the later season okay and there were also some streams that ran right down the the boundaries of the um where the division was between the early season and the and the later start to the season and there was crowding on those streams on both days do you prefer it as a one-day opener um, it doesn't matter to me because I work for Penline and <laughs> the, the morning is spent working. I don't fish in the morning ah, the first day. Got it. So it's late afternoon before I get out there. So you're part um, of the 35%, 25% crowd that sticks around. Right. There, you know, I don't even see a crowd when I get out there by no. later in the day. Not and yet there's still plenty of trout. And actually, there's a factor with the trout that they start to settle down after all the disturbance of the crowds in their in their streams and along you know along their habitat. The trout are they'll go through a period right after the eight eight to nine o'clock catching burst when all the anglers will hook them with their first couple casts, and and that's gonna put the, some of the fish off activity for for several hours oh so you have the advantage they're just coming back into being ready to feed and start acting a little more normal by late in the afternoon and and i don't i don't keep a lot of trout i am very much a catch and release when it comes to well all fish now but um trout in particular a stock trout has grown up in a concrete raceway which is like a big, big cement tank. Um, it hasn't built up the same muscle structure as a trout that uh, grew up in a stream. So some people describe the, the flesh, the meat of a, a, a stock trout as being uh, mushy. Ugh. <laughs> and there's actually a different color to it. Like a trout that has been born and raised in the wild has a much pinker, reddish tone to its meat than a trout that's been stocked recently. There's 3.2 million trout will be stocked in the year 2022. Not all of them right before the season. The Fish and Boat Commission has been stocking since early March. They have this uh, fleet of white stocking trucks that have basically portable cooled aquariums right on the back of the truck to transport the fish from the fish and boat commission hatcheries out to the waters it's known as the great white fleet (laughs) and you can see them all over the state this time you're transporting the trout and usually there's a caravan of cars following them because people like to join in and help to stop the trout as well carry them to the stream in buckets nets 
Uh, some some sportsmen's clubs even do what is known as float stocking. They have a uh, wire basket that has floats on it. They'll put several buckets of trout into that wire basket and then walk that down through the stream, spreading the trout out over a much greater distance. What do you think it is about this time of year with this type of activity that gets communities so involved? Is it just the hardcore anglers that like to volunteer for the trout season or is there kind of some more community aspect that's almost native to Pennsylvania that people like to get behind? There's definitely a community aspect to it. I, I mean, you have your hardcore who are out there every year. Those are the ones the Fish and Boat Commission included during the pandemic when it didn't want general volunteers coming because of, because of exposure of staff. They couldn't have their drivers of the trucks getting sick because they needed those drivers to be driving to these hundreds of streams and lakes. Mm. So there is that hardcore group. Um, but then there's families bringing small children to, to witness it, you know, mm. and maybe help to carry a bucket or be there when a bucket is dumped into the stream next to a bridge on some rural roadway. Mm. So it goes back to that generational aspect of hunting you were bringing up before. Yes, yes. Pennsylvania's traditions run very deep in the, in the hunting and fishing sports. And at one time, there were community breakfasts on the early in the morning on the first day of whatever season it was that that has pretty much gone away with a few exceptions oh that's a shame that would be great if they brought that back it, it was a, a a very interesting aspect of the of the sports in pennsylvania but i i don't see it ever coming back people are too busy now they, oh. they're streamlining their activities rather than adding to them so what was your first experience trout fishing? I've probably been at it since about age 10 or 12. Okay. Going first with my father and my brother, both of which were named Bruce. <laughs> um, going basically to Clark's Creek in Dauphin County. That was where practically everyone in western Schuylkill County went for the first day of trout season. And I remember times uh, we would go while it was still dark. I mean, a lot of people go well before the start of the season so that they get their spot along the stream. And we would do that. Like, we may have been by the stream, like, by 5.30 in the morning. And we would log a uh, Coleman stove and a cooler with food. And we would make breakfast right by the side of the stream. And, like, you know, a group of maybe... Uh, six to dozen guys all got together and went and did that as their activity that morning and then uh as the season approached you know the eight o'clock start time they would spread out to the various holes along that part of the stream but you know we made and ate breakfast right there on the on the stream apart from the 3.2 million trouts that are going to get stock this year what else do you foresee happening for the upcoming season there's some beautiful trout being put out there because among the 3.2 there's a uh, trophy trout they were breeders that were used to produce the eggs and the and the sperm to produce the trout that were raised in the hatchery but they've been kept in the hatcheries for like two and a half to three and a half years there's also um, golden rainbow trout, which some people still remember as palomino trout, but that was a different thing entirely. It's basically an orange rainbow trout. They stand out in the streams. They attract a lot of crowds trying to catch them. 
the Palomino, when the Fish and Boat Commission first started stocking them decades ago, one time before we were familiar with it, there was this yellowish bread bag out in the middle of the stream that uh, we weren't really able to figure out what it was. You know, we thought it was just litter that got stuck on a log in the stream. But when we started fishing, someone caught the orange bread bag because it was a Palomino trout. Wow. <laughs> and it went for more. <laughs> it's not always that you can see the trout, catch the trout. It's not that easy. It, t- it, t- it takes some effort, some knowledge, some work, some skill and technique. And some surprise in thinking that there's a bread basket that actually turns out to be a fish. Right. <laughs> What are some key differences between when you first started trout fishing compared to now? Well, the gear has changed a lot. Mm. I now use something known as an ultralight rod, reel, and fishing line, which means it's super sensitive. It can give a smaller fish like a trout. The trout uh, really can put up a fight with this lighter equipment. The fishing line is so thin, it, it can be almost invisible. The, the lures, the, the, there's aisles and aisles of trout lures now. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the ones I've been using now, I was using when I first started. Mm-hmm. I mean, MEPS, which are lures with dyed fur from squirrel tails as the, as the tail on the lure. Why would you use squirrel tails as a lure? That's interesting. Uh, the water repellent and reactivity to the water of the squirrel tail, it remains bristly and fluffy. It doesn't get soaked, like say like a feather would, mm-hmm. right? And it provides a certain action that resembles basically an, an injured minnow swimming. Ah, uh, oh, I, that's, wow, that's very clever that someone was able to come up with that because now that you mentioned it, I guess it would look like a tiny fish floating around that's injured. That's what most lures are supposed to do, look uh, like tiny fish. How would you like to end this? What are some parting words on trout season that you would like to say before you wrap this up? Well, I would encourage anyone with the slightest interest to give it a try. And it's just a lot of the trout streams are beautiful environs to spend some time in and most of us need an excuse for why we're there and then once we're there we can enjoy it well thank you again marcus thank you for your time and everybody that listens into this episode you can maybe even catch marcus opening day of trout season which is this saturday at 8 a.m and yeah he's out there um and thank you for your time again thank you claudia Thanks for listening, you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate it and share it around and be doubly sure to check out Marcus's work on PenLive and beyond. I'm Claudia DeMiro, and I'll catch you next time for more episodes of Today in Piet. This podcast is sponsored by Renewal by Anderson of Central Pennsylvania. If you need new windows or doors this March, you're in luck. Renewal by Anderson of Central PA is offering a 31-day sale, which involves $400 off every window and $800 off every door. And a free upgrade to smart sunglass. How about that? Call 717-727-7558 or drop by rbacentralpa.com deals for more information.